and welcome to Unity Presbyterian Church Online. This week in worship, Pastor David begins a new summer series of questions asked by the congregation with the question, how can I hear God's voice? Let's listen. Well, welcome. Today we are beginning our Summer of Questions series where you submitted as the congregation great questions. And each week we picked one topic to kind of explore based on those questions. Now, disclaimer, Pastor Dana and I don't have all the answers. I I wish we did, but we don't. But what we do love to do is we love to dive into God's Word to say, okay, what does the Scripture say about the questions that we're wondering about? And then we bring what we've learned, we bring what we've studied, and we explore it together on Sunday mornings as a community of faith. Now, by far, the most questions we received was on how to hear God's voice. Here's a couple of examples. How can I listen more closely when God tries to speak to me? Or why can't I hear God speak to me? Do I not listen? Or is my faith not strong enough? I'm sure you've wondered things similar to these questions. And and what I understand from these questions is that we want to hear from God. We have an authentic desire to hear from God, but we don't always know. Is it God we're hearing from? Or is it maybe us, something in our minds, just kind of making it up? How do we know if it is God that we are hearing from? So that's what we're going to explore today. And and here's my starting point in this discussion. I believe that very rarely do we hear the voice of God in an audible way. Now, it it could happen, and at times it does happen, where God might say something like, do this, and everyone in the room goes, oh, we just heard that. But I think that's the exception to the rule. Oftentimes, as we look over the past couple of centuries about how God has interacted with God's people, Christians have said they've heard God's voice in a subtle way. For example, St. Ignatius said that the voice of God sounded like a movement in his soul. Yeah, he said that God speaks through a movement of your soul. I wonder, what does that feel like when your soul is moved and you can tell that's God in me, pushing me in a certain direction? John Wesley, who founded the Methodist movement, said that when he felt his heart stirred when God was moving in his life, he said, that felt like my heart being strangely warmed. I wonder if you've ever experienced something like that before, where all of a sudden you go, my heart is just warmed, and that's the presence of God in me. So, a movement of the soul, a warming of the heart. What I want you to notice is neither of these things are the audible voice of God. But both people, St. Ignatius and John Wesley, would say, that was God speaking to me. St. Ignatius went on to say that he believed that certain thoughts or feelings or desires within him actually came directly from God, like God was moving his soul in a certain direction. Now, notice, again, this doesn't sound like lightning or fireworks— This is subtle, gentle evening. So 
if this is how God speaks the majority of time, then we as Christians simply need to become more in tuned to this small voice leading us, this movement in our souls and our hearts, if that is how God is speaking to us. So how does this really work on a practical level? Well, I want to explore a really amazing piece of scripture that comes from the gospel of John for us to find out on a day-to-day level how this might work. The context is that during the Last Supper that Jesus had with his disciples, he describes what life is going to look like after the dinner. Because he knows very shortly that he and his disciples are going to go out to the Garden of Gethsemane, and he's going to be arrested there. And that arrest is going to lead to his crucifixion and to his death. And he knows that those disciples that he's sitting around the table with are going to be terrified when that happens. And they're going to feel largely abandoned by God in that moment and will flee from Christ and flee from Christ's presence. And so before all of that happens, he sits around them in this table and says, okay, God is still going to speak with you. Even when I'm gone physically, God is still going to communicate with you. And if that's true, then I think that's true for us as well. Because Christ is not physically here, present with us today, but God still communicates with us. And this is how Jesus says that happens. He says to his disciples, After I'm gone, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. So Jesus has acted like an advocate to his disciples while here on earth. So think to yourself, what does an advocate do? Well, an advocate will publicly support a person, right? Or they will encourage that person. So think who your biggest advocate is in your life right now. Uh, That person who supports you and encourages you is, is probably your biggest cheerleader, always cheering you on no matter what it is that you are going through. So Jesus... For the three years that he was with his disciples, he was their advocate. But he knows he's about to depart. But don't worry, Jesus says. Because after he leaves, he's going to pray that God the Father sends another advocate. The Spirit of truth. We sometimes call the Holy Spirit. Or simply the Spirit. Now, I read this and I wonder, okay, but what's the difference between the Spirit and the presence of of Jesus in the disciples' lives, because they're both advocating for the good of their disciples, right? But I think the difference, Jesus says, is that the Spirit is going to be with them forever. Now think about how different that is, because Jesus is just telling them, I'm going to depart. I'm going to leave. And when I leave, my physical presence that's been with you for years is no longer going to be there. But that's okay, because God will still be here. The spirit of truth will still be here, and that's not going to be temporary. Jesus says, when the spirit comes, that's going to be forever. And I believe that the spirit, the spirit that's talked about here, is still with us today. And so I read this and go, okay, we need to know more about this. And Jesus continues to teach. 
Speaking of the Spirit, he says, The world cannot accept him, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. Here's what I think this means. You cannot see God with your eyes, can you? And for that reason, a lot of the world cannot see God or accept God. For this reason, the world doesn't really know God. But you know God. There has been something in your life that has indicated the presence of the divine, hasn't there? You've had some experience with a depth of love that you cannot explain. Yes, you have felt the power of God in your life. The presence of God, we would say and affirm, is real and it is here. And so Jesus is talking about this, saying we know that even though we can't see God with our eyes, even though we can't see the presence of the Spirit, we felt it. We know it to be true. We know what it feels like. And he goes on and he says, on that day when they receive the Spirit, on that day you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Does that sound confusing? It kind of does, right? That's a very confusing statement, how Jesus just put that. But it really shouldn't be, because what Jesus is talking about is seeking union with God. I mean, you might wonder, okay, well, how? How is the Spirit in me? And Jesus says, well, just look at my relationship with the Father. Because just like I was in the Father, and the Father was in me, that's how Christ is going to be with us as well. And so let's, let's look at Jesus' life for a second. Jesus says he was so connected with God the Father. There was such a close bond, such a close union, that it was almost like they were one. I wonder if you notice that almost every time when Jesus does a miracle, what does he do first? He prays to God the Father. Think when he gathers the fishes and the loaves. He doesn't just start passing them out and do the miracle. He goes to God in prayer first and asks God to bless this, and it's God working through him that then accomplishes that miracle. There are other times in John he goes on to say, I can do nothing on my own, but it is only God the Father working through me. So Jesus is saying the same relationship that I've had with God the Father, that's possible for us because Christ is in us just like God was in Christ. We then are to be so deeply connected, so unified with God. This, this is really the, the goal and desire for us, says Christ. And, and he elaborates further. He says, all of this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Now remember, we're talking about hearing the voice of God. And I believe this is one of the primary ways that God speaks to us today. It's through the Spirit whispering into our hearts and reminding us of the teachings of Christ. Think about when you're really angry with someone. You are so upset with that person, and 
you're lost in your feelings, your emotions of anger, and then all of a sudden, you hear impressed upon your heart the saying of Jesus to treat other people like you want to be treated. I believe that's the Spirit talking to you in that moment, reminding you of Jesus' words, reminding you of what Jesus said. This is one of the ways that God continues to speak to us today. Or think about when you're feeling really pessimistic about life or your situation, or you're just down in the dumps, and then, inexplicably, you're reminded of Jesus' words. When Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled, and do not be afraid. And in that moment, you feel at peace because you're reminded of God's presence. This is how God speaks to us today. That spirit whispering in our hearts saying, remember, remember what Jesus said. Remember what Jesus taught. Remember that Jesus is here. This is Christ speaking. Now, notice again, these words are not always audible, are they? But they are a movement of the soul. They are our heart being strangely warmed. They are a reminder of what Jesus taught and said just when we need it most. I believe these sorts of movements within us, in our souls, if, if you could take all of them, they could probably fall in a couple of different categories. As I thought about this this week and and tried to apply these scriptures to my life, I thought of three categories that I really feel these movements in most often. I feel them as an assurance of God's love, a conviction of sin, or a call to action. If I could put them in different buckets of when I felt God move in my life, those are the buckets that most often I see them in. Uh, let me give you some examples for a second. Start with the first one. There are some times that you just need an assurance of God's love. Maybe that's where you're at today. You came into church and you just kind of felt empty. And you said, I need to know that God is here. I need to know that God's presence is here for me. I need an assurance of this love. And I believe God speaks that when we need it most. But there are also ways that we can open ourselves to it and experiencing that. These are called times of surrender before God, where we just open up our arms and say, God, I'm praying to you now because I need to feel your presence. I need an assurance that you are with me. If that's what you're seeking, I would encourage you to take some time this week and, and being intentional with it, because we are very busy people. And our prayer life often reflects that. If you're like me, I'm often praying on the go. Where I'm heading to this event and I think, oh God, thank you for this. And then I just keep going to my event. But there are times that we need a deeper, longer lasting connection with God. And in those moments, I think as Christians, we need to be more intentional with that. So maybe that means going home and saying, okay, I'm gonna turn off the TV. I'm going to hide my phone for a while, and then I'm just going to sit in the presence of God, and I'm going to ask God, God, won't you fill me up in this moment? I'm going to not do much talking, but I'm going to do more listening, because I know that you are here, and I'm seeking to feel your presence right now. And, and I know that when we need it most, God gives us an assurance of that love. 
I've heard it said that that sort of assurance feels like a profound sense of peace within a person's life. And I bet you've experienced that from time to time. So I think that's one way that God speaks to us. But it's not the only way. Uh, God also speaks to us through a conviction of sin. And, and this is not as, as comfortable as an assurance of God's love. I, I feel conviction feels almost like an inner uneasiness within you. I heard someone say once that they weren't drinking too much by society standards, but they didn't like who they were becoming when they drank. They felt an uneasiness about it. That, too, can be a movement of the soul, a feeling that something is not right, some inner conviction in my life that I need to course correct and return to God. And sometimes, God speaks through a call to action. You'll hear something that you can be in it's an opportunity to be a part of something that will profoundly affect the world, and all of a sudden, your heart will leap inside of you. You will feel a passion well up in your life that you cannot suppress. I'm reminded of when this pandemic hit, and all of a sudden, almost overnight, the whole world shut down. And who was most affected by that right away? It was our frontline workers. Our restaurant workers, the people in the hair salons, all of a sudden they went from having a paycheck one day to not having a paycheck the next day. And before the unemployment system really got going, they were left to say, what do I do with these bills coming in? Well, we had a couple church members who felt like God was speaking to their heart to go and do something. They felt a call to action. And so they brought that call to action to the church and said, what if we gave $200 to anyone who lost their job? No questions asked, just saying, here's the church. We want to support you in your time of need. They felt like God was speaking to them, but they brought the idea to the church in hope that the church would confirm to say, yeah, we do believe that that is God speaking, and we want to act on that. And this church, you might remember, did confirm that, saying this is God speaking in our world, and they raised $50,000 that went directly to this community to go to people in that time of need. I think that's a wonderful example of people saying, I'm hearing God, and I want to bring that to the church to say, do you also agree with this? Do you think this is God speaking in my life? You noticed in one of those initial questions it can be hard to know, can't it? To be confident, to say, yes, this is God speaking in my life. And if that's the case with you, bringing those ideas to the church can sometimes be a way to, to receive that encouragement, to say, yes, we agree that I think this is where God is moving in your life. An author that I really love, Richard Foster, who wrote The Celebration of Discipline, he writes about this, the church confirming God's voice in this way. He says, God will implant a spirit of unity when the right path has been chosen and trouble us with restlessness when we have not heard correctly. So as a church, we seek to hear from God collectively. And what that looks like is striving for unity in decisions. And so if a person says, I feel like 
I'm hearing from God and that God wants me to do this, then it's the church's responsibility to collectively say, let's discern this. Do we also believe that this is what God is saying, that this is where the movement of the soul is happening on a corporate level? And I like that he says restlessness will sometimes come when we really haven't heard God correctly and when it's actually maybe just us and not God. So one tool of discernment that you can use is to say, well, are you receiving peace or are you receiving restlessness when you begin to act on this? It's not foolproof, but if you are receiving peace, as you say, I think this is from God and I'm going to go operate on that direction, well, that's, that's a good relief, I think. Whereas if you are just feeling restless every time you're acting on that, that might be a sign that that is not from God. But what I hope you're beginning to see is that there are many, many ways that you can hear the voice of God in your life. And so we, as a congregation, should seek to become more in tune with this movement of the soul, this warming of our hearts, because God is continuing to speak today. Amen. If you would like more information about Unity Presbyterian Church, please visit our website at www.unitypres.org or visit us on Facebook. This is the Unity Presbyterian Church Podcast. Have a great week. Thank you.